0: Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, October 31st, we look at Lesson 5, Jesus as the Master Teacher. Let's take a deep dive into how Jesus shared his eternal wealth of knowledge in more ways than one.
1: The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. And together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study.
0: Okay, Sabbath, October 31st. Uh, this is lesson five: Jesus as the Master Teacher. Uh, Michael, you and I were just talking about this. We're excited about this one Absolutely. Uh, because this is this is just gold. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six, New King James Version for it is uh, for it is the god who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of jesus christ uh so we see here already that god uh, that god who is christ is using his power is shining upon him to give us more light right and so let's get straight into it revealing the father uh for sunday's lesson Absolutely. Well, this is, uh, you know, what is the purpose of, of
1: Jesus coming to this earth? You know, you have to ask yourself that question. And, you know, all the way back in, in Eden, there was this open relationship where Adam and Eve walked with God through the garden. And so there's this, there, there's no barrier. Um, and, and that barrier was a result of sin. So, uh, which meant that the human race... That now, how do you communicate the plan of salvation? How do you communicate who God is? And so we have a, a, couple, of, um, a couple of texts here. The first one is in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 4. And I'm reading today from the NIV. Uh, and I'm just going to quickly read this. Okay. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Sustained all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand Mm. of the majesty in heaven. And so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Well, there's a lot of stuff we could talk about in that passage Uh, but i think the key takeaway for me is that jesus as the son points us to who the father is and the character of the father
0: yeah yeah uh the embodiment of who god was right that's Mm -hmm. what jesus was so man it's powerful and I, i just love reminiscing through those words
1: yeah and and it keeps talking about these terms like gloria which in uh in the in the in the new testament that's doxa the this this greek word um and that glory is just that word is so pregnant with meaning um throughout scripture describing uh it's not just being bright although you know there's a lot of descriptions of the brightness you know moses was up on the mount and his face shone. uh it talks about that um so i guess there's a there is a physical aspect but it's something more than just the physical it's talking about um, once again, all of God's character, His kingdom, His attributes, um, right? All of His attributes, exactly. And so that's that's just uh, mind-boggling to think about. Yeah, I I love it. Uh, and, go ahead. And then, and, and closely related to that is that you know Jesus is trying to help us understand. There's this gulf between heaven and earth, between God and humanity through sin, which means the only way to bridge that gulf was through Jesus Christ Himself coming to this earth. And showing us what the Father is all about. And that's kind of what I think 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6, which is the other passage we have uh, on, on the lesson here on Sunday, um, which talks about being veiled. Um, these ideas of that, that it's uh, the gospel is veiled, and it's, it's even veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age, talking about Satan now, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ Who is the image of God? Amen. (laughs) So here we have this beautiful picture. Right, right? we do. And someone's trying to stop that. Yeah. And so we know what that means. We know who's trying to stop that. That's why God reveals that in his word through um, the person of Jesus. Amen. Well, I kind of think that uh, leads us uh, a little bit more as we look uh, a little bit deeper into what that means on Monday's lesson uh, as we continue uh, what this means uh, to reveal the Father.
0: So uh, last week we, look, we read a little bit of John 1, mm-hmm. 1 through 14, but then it uh-huh. goes on to verse 14, of course, uh, uh, it shares that uh, the Word was full of grace and truth, yeah. but then it goes on to verse 18, uh, which shares this, No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Right? So once again, the... The revealer of who God is through Jesus Christ. But uh, then it, it asks this question or it poses this question that Philip actually asked. And it, you know what, Michael, this, this really got me because it says, what was the setting of Jesus' statement? Uh, Jesus here shares in in John 14. Uh, so I'm going there right now. In John 14, verse 9, we see that Philip is asking this question and he says, or, well, Philip asked us, Uh, ask him verse eight lord show us the father and it is if and it is sufficient for us right Mm. so reveal to us the father and jesus says to him verse nine have i been with you so long and yet you have not known me philip he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Wow. And you know, I, I, I just put two and two together. That's why it's so important to understand context. Yeah. Uh, chapter 13 of John, mm-hmm. you see, this is where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Wow. And then he tells Judas, go and do what you do quickly. This is leading up to Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is telling him, you're asking me right before I'm about to pass away, right before I'm about to be crucified, yeah. show us the Father. You don't realize what you're saying. You don't realize who's been with you this entire time. Pay attention here. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing that touched me recently this week. A mm. student uh, came. Uh, my my family. My son's taking guitar lessons. Yeah. And this student came to me and said, "When I look at your family, she's like, it's so sweet. She's like, she's like, it's something that I've never had before of wow. uh, seeing a mother and a father love on their kids the way that you guys are. Yeah. And you know, to me, that's the highest compliment I can receive, Michael. Yes. Yeah. Tell me my classes are great. Tell me that you know." Preaching is good and everything else, but but to say that you see the love mm. of my family, right? And I can't imagine that Jesus, this entire time, yeah. is saying, I'm with you. Yeah. And this, the disciples, before he leaves, are saying, we still don't see it. We still yeah. don't get it. Now, Michael, you're a teacher, right? Yeah. How frustrating is it? Because I had a, another snafu this week. I had a midterm review. Yes. and I went through it, I went slowly, I told him everything yeah and someone raised a hand, wait, when's the midterm? <laughs> like, oh, next oh, class period <laughs> yeah. uh, sometimes we, we try to explain right it there. and we don't get it right yeah and so uh, this is this is, this is Jesus. He, he was hurt, right? Yeah he was hurt like why don't you see it, Philip? Yeah but uh, the lesson goes on and says mm-hmm. it's not just Philip who doesn't see it. oftentimes we don't. Wow when we need to. Quiet,
1: Michael. Well, I I think that should give us a little bit of pause for humility there, right? Yes, before uh, why the Bible says don't be too hasty to judge, you know. Uh, But I I think part of this is as we see who the Father is, uh, we begin to get within the mind of God, the mindset of God. Not that we can really understand um, the mind of God. We certainly don't profess that, but we can get little vignettes. Um, as revealed in Scripture, that kind of start to see a little bit of, of God's character, what this love means. So it's not just words on a page. It's action through actual deeds and through the person of, of Jesus. And you have this beautiful, beautiful hymn, uh, one of my favorites in all of Scripture. Oh, yes. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Uh, and again, I'm reading from the NIV. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from... Uh, from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and um, uh, compassion then ma- then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and one mind of one mind do nothing out of self selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests. excuse me, but each of you to the interests of
0: others. Amen.
1: And I love that. You know, when Jesus is at the center of our hearts, it just is a paradigm shift that takes place. And so instead of me looking at, you know, how can I make myself greater and better? It's uh, it's a mind of how can I serve others around me? Following the example of Jesus, like you mentioned in John chapter 13, um, that we are servants following our servant leader.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and I know you're going to explain a little bit more in uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. But one of the things I'm working on is uh, a lot of students who are asking, we want to understand more of why do we do what we do in Adventism? Why do do we study the Bible this way? And so what I've come up with is expository Bible studies. Mm -hmm. So taking large portions of Scripture and Mm -hmm. going over with them, hoping that they will then learn how to... uh, uh, exegete passages on their own, right? Uh, you don't have to know Greek and Hebrew, but to go over it slowly. And one of the passages that w- just went over with the student today was that mm-hmm. Philippians chapter one, oh, verse yeah. uh, one, uh, two, verses one through 11, yeah. to really show what is the mindset of Christ? What is, and, and let this mind be in you, let this sentiment be in you that mm-hmm. was also in Christ Jesus, which yeah. is that, that word humility, right? Uh, yeah. Taffaneo, which is uh, just, just, Really bowing ourselves low. There's a physical attribute there. Yeah, Of bring ourselves low mm. in order to actually raise up higher
1: <laughs> Yeah, 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 and I think this moving right along with the lesson that's exactly start, gets to verses 5 through 11 um, I'm just gonna highlight here rather than read the whole passage But continuing this hymn please uh, from the Apostle Paul it says who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage Rather, made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. And then it keeps going. It talks about becoming obedient even to the death, uh, death on a cross. And so as Jesus um, condescends, mm. uh, he is exalted before God because that's the very nature of God's love is, is self-sacrificing love. Amen. And by the way, there's that word doxa, glory, to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> that is God's glory is you talked about attributes. That's, that's one of God's attributes is, um, is that self-sacrificing love puts others ahead before themselves.
0: You know what would happen? And let's see I, I would speak to the reader for just a second. What happened if everyone in your household and your family had the mindset of Christ? What happened if the entire church, had the mindset of Christ. Sounds like Firebuster. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing I know we'd say, well, they don't because it, well, I can't affect what everyone else does, mm-hmm. but I can say, Lord, help me to have the mindset of Christ. Yeah. Help me to have the mind of Christ. Help me to have the humility of Christ. Yeah. yeah. And he who had all the power in the universe mm-hmm. decided to give it up so that he could have all the love of the universe. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where we leads us to Wednesday's
1: lesson with the master teacher and reconciliation. Uh, What does what does that look like?
0: You know, uh, this word reconciled was mentioned so many times just in this short passage. uh, As you said earlier, Michael, I'm not going to read the entire thing, but I do want to get on to verse 20 and 21. Now, then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Right. And so this word reconciled, I I was looking it up its harmony and compatibility, Mm -hmm. but it's also uh, being friendly relations, having friendly relations towards one another. Uh, divorced couples oftentimes say they got divorced because of irreconcilable differences, right? Oof, oof. Uh, and there's, a, there's something between man and God that apart from Christ, we have irreconcilable differences as well mm. because our righteousness is as filthy rags. But through Christ, who is the reconciler, who is the redeemer, we now have those irreconcilable differences mm-hmm. now being reconciled because we take on the righteousness of Christ. And the word I wrote down here is intentionality. Wow. It's not something that happens by chance or mm-hmm. circumstance. This, is, this happens because Christ intentionally came and died for us so that we can be reconciled. Mm-hmm. And now we have to intentionally die to self mm. so that we can be reconciled in him.
1: Wow. So it's not just something that happens by accident or on our own power. No, no. It's something we need from him. Mm, I love it. I love it. Just uh, that surrender, right? I mean, isn't that kind of the... You know just yes that's what it is I, I, the words that come to mind from ellen white are to be made uh willing to be made
0: willing amen yeah. amen mm-hmm. uh, i i remember this line she shared in steps of christ that we may hate the things that we used to love and love the things that we used to hate right this is what happens that mm-hmm. that when we surrender that it is
1: back to paradigm shift yes so,
0: Michael, lead us through and the Master teacher, uh, master Teacher's First Pupils.
1: Well, this is not where we usually think of Jesus as the Master Teacher. Okay, okay. <laughs> Going
0: right back to the very
1: beginning, uh, two different passages, Luke chapter 2, which, you know, as we're getting towards the end of the year, um, at least in my family, they're starting, my kids and my wife are starting to ask, you know, when can we put up the Christmas decorations, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're getting to that time, getting close, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we have to... Say so, you know, wait till after Thanksgiving. It's getting close. <laughs> it's getting close. Uh, but the Christmas story, the classic story of, um, you know, the, the, the hymns and, and the uh, Christmas uh, uh, melodies. And here is this beautiful description of the shepherds. And as the shepherds are there, um, of course, they see uh, the angels that come. Uh, that bringing good news and great joy for all people And, uh, and they appear in the heavens glory to god in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests and of course they follow the angels to bethlehem and that's where they find mary and joseph and the baby who is lying in a manger some of the the most beloved words of scripture especially at this time of as we approach christmas you know and when they had seen him they spread word concerning what had been told him about this child so jesus by his very birth was already a witness a sacred act of who god's it who god is in the plan of salvation yeah and um this was a wake up you know to say hey something incredible just happened here um for
0: all of salvation history amen uh You know, you're right, Michael. I I wouldn't think of the first peoples there, but absolutely it was, right? It's educational. Yeah, and they were the first peoples because, remember, he is the word, right? Yes, he is. They followed the word, and they recognized the prophecy, and that's why they were looking, right? Yeah. And they found him, and they recognized he is the fulfillment of Mm -hmm. what was prophesied about. This is the lesson that the Pharisees refused to learn, uh, that a lot of times we we refuse to learn, right? Yeah. Uh, Who is Jesus? He is the fulfillment of prophecy. He is not the eradicator of the law. Mm-hmm. He is the fulfillment of. Uh, he is the fulfillment of what the law was was supposed to do.
1: Absolutely. And the second passage we have here is from Matthew chapter two, talking about the magi. So this is an interesting contrast. The shepherds, they're kind of the lower status of society, right? Um, those that you would not necessarily expect. And now you have um, people who are the magi. These are. Um, you know, fairly wealthy intellectuals, well to do. but they're outsiders. Yeah. They're not Jews. No. And so God's education right here through the birth of Jesus is reaching out already to showing principles of his kingdom to those who are outcast and outside on the margins of who you would not necessarily expect. So this is kind of intri- intriguing to me. And then um, they come and they come to King Herod, you know, hey, what's up? You know, where's where's the new? Prince, where's the you know something exciting going on? And of course, uh, it's interesting because in the midst of here are people that willingly want to be used and understand God's plan of salvation clearly in in the narrative here. Uh, and then you have somebody that's also in the midst of this educational process trying to manipulate Christ. Ooh. And so education's not just professing Jesus Christ, because here you have someone trying to use Jesus so that he they can destroy him.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: so not all education is a good education <laughs> <laughs> even true. even even knowing who jesus is and so of course the god jesus the babe is divinely protected and they go off to egypt and uh and the magi go a different way through providence and everything else but um it does make you kind of wonder you know here is god revealing himself again and of course they eventually find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and everything else and and so this was a life-changing event for all involved um, well, for those who are willing.
0: Yeah, for, exactly. Those who are willing and, and, an uh, important lesson is learned here, which is not everyone wants your education. Wow. Not everyone wants to receive it, yeah. uh, not everyone wants to receive the word that is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Some people want to do damage to the church. And yeah. they, that's the reason why they attend church. Yeah. Uh, so we have to be careful, right? Uh, Discerning. Th- yeah. Sometimes we need to dust our feet and keep moving. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we need to take a different route like the Magi did when they went back home mm-hmm. and not go see Herod to tell him where, where Jesus is. So. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, uh, here we are
1: back to Jesus and education revealing Uh, who jesus is as the master teacher i have to say as a teacher um, i still have so much to learn and as i think about jesus as the master teacher i'm just in awe and humility at how amazing what a wonderful savior that we have and and yet um you look at his disciples throughout all of his life and ministry to me he's the model teacher and while as imperfect as i am i say you know lord Please make me teachable so I can sit at your feet and learn from you to become a better teacher.
0: Amen. Amen. And that's, that's the best place to be, which is I think of Mary and Martha, right? Yeah. Uh, Mar- uh, Martha was out. She's doing things. She's busy for the Lord. Yeah. But Martha, uh, uh, Mary, Mary found herself at the feet of Jesus mm. learning, saying she's doing the good thing. Right? We need to be at the feet of Jesus learning. Let's stay at the feet of Jesus. So, I think that puts a wrap for another
1: week. So this is Sue. And Swoops, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a
0: Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swau.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.